Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the depression episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. Hello. Hey, Pastor Joel. Howdy. How was your depression episode? That was good. I, I actually believe like we set out in the beginning of the episode that we gave information that could provide hope for people, for all people, but even for people who feel hopeless. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. I love the work we're doing in these podcasts. And uh, I really think, I really think if people just take the time to listen and embrace the stuff that, that we've been taught, that we've been living out, that God's taught us, they will have a life of joy. Man. So if a pastor has, what we learned is if a pastor has a ministry in his church that helps people who are depressed and they are depressed, the pastor is depressed, then they either need to admit that that their ministry doesn't have the answers or if their ministry has the answers, that pastor did not use what they had. Right. Which that's amazing to me because I feel like, you know, the church ought to have, I mean, shouldn't we, Pastor Joel, shouldn't the church have the, if we have the answers to the meaning of life, if we have purpose and joy and fulfillment in the church, shouldn't everyone in the church have the greatest mental health? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think we are so we are so far away from actually living out God's doctrine. Yeah. That a lot of people have a hard time even finding the examples in the Bible of where people were dealing with this stuff. Where are the psychologists in the Bible? Oh, nice. Good question. Where are the counselors or the life coaches or <laughs> pharmaceutical reps or right. you know, the pharmacies where we get our medication. Why are we dealing with this so, so much now? Hmm. Is it because God wants it that way? Or is it because we're as a community, not living out the Bible, not living out God's word the way they were during the Acts church and before. Hmm. So I mean, we see Jesus teaches the laborers are few. And if you look at those verses, what it's in response to is the people being distressed and scattered. And what you see, if you look at the, at the words distressed and scattered, what that means is the people were without fellowship. So there wasn't agreement. So people were, even if they were around each other, they were isolated and people were essentially the, the word scattered meant they were like depressed in their thought process. Their thought process was like beaten down yeah. So what, what this is saying, Jesus talks about these labors that the church needs to help these people who have a bad thought process and who are isolated. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things we see in the Acts church that why they were successful is they were of one accord or one mind. So that covers the distress part of this, the, the people were isolated. So the Acts church embraced fellowship with one another. And then the 
the scattered, which is this mental breakdown, this trodden in my thought process, backs church embraced the apostles doctrine. So the things that would help us today overcome depression, the Acts Church was already doing. That's why we don't see the Apostle Paul telling people, make sure you go to your psychologist today to, to share about the deep thoughts you have and to get help with your mental health. No, he tells people, make sure you're fellowshipping with other people and Make sure you're not only a hearer, but a doer of the word of God. These things dissolve Man. the mental health issues that we're experiencing today. So I happen to think the mental health issues that we see in the church is actually uh, a support for how far the church has come away from living out the actual word of God. Amazing. So I love that we're talking about Paul because Paul talks about he's, he was content with much and, and content or content with little, but he was content. Yeah, he was. Is it, is that, that's probably safe to say that he wasn't depressed. I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that regardless of his, his context or the situations around him, he was not depressed. Right. And in fact, Paul was a guy who, helped Peter remove a contradiction that he had, didn't he? Yes, he did. Can you explain that? Yeah, so Peter was an example of one of these guys who really kind of like had a ministry, right? Yep. His ministry was, you know, I'm going to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, but I hang out with Jewish people. Mm -hmm. So... It was, it was like, you know what? We should treat the Gentiles great. Love them because they have access to the gospel the same as the Jews do. Which is awesome, right? Until he's hanging out with the Gentiles and the Jewish people come around. And then all of a sudden, Paul stops treating the Gentiles, or Peter stops treating the Gentiles so well. And he just starts hanging out with the Jews and is a little bit dismissive of the Gentiles. And Paul essentially says to him, which is it? Are the Gentiles... Now, this is just for clarity's sake, this is my paraphrase of it. Yep. But essentially, Paul says to Peter, confronts him on this contradiction. Ought we to be ministering to and breaking bread with the Gentiles or not? choose one or the other mm. because what Peter was doing was in one context saying, it's okay for me to hang out with these people unless the Jewish guys are around, then I need to worry about my appearance. So the contradiction is how do we treat the Gentiles? Because you're doing it in two different ways. And so Paul was, I mean, and we see, we see this with Jesus. We see it with Jesus and Peter, even it was, the, the more excellent of a person that they were interacting with, the more sharp of a confrontation it was. Because Paul, Paul confronted P Peter in front of a bunch of people. It wasn't just by themselves. It was like, here's an opportunity. Because I think maybe Paul 
Paul believed Peter would handle it well. Mm -hmm. And maybe there was a blind spot that Peter had in his life. Oh, that's cool. It's a great story. So here we have a guy who's not depressed, Paul, helping a guy who has a contradiction, Peter, to remove the contradiction. Right. And the whole community is no, is if there was going to be depression because of that contradiction, it has just been removed. Yeah, that's great. So the, the effect that has on everybody who witnesses it too, and now everybody who Paul and Peter are teaching, if they had that same belief, because I would say this, if Peter had that belief or that contradiction. All of his, all of his people did. Yeah, absolutely. So now he can help them remove that contradiction as well. There you go. One confrontation. So that's where, so to, to what you were talking about, about the early church, that's a great example of how that looked. Right. What were, what was, what were the apostles doing? How did they interact with each other? It was removing contradictions. This is yeah. not, we are not the first people to talk about removing contradictions. <laughs> right. It's not a new, this is not a brand new concept. You know, Jesus was helping the Pharisees with it all the time. Yep. Yep. Right. He was helping his, 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 the disciples with it yep. when they were growing up, you know, Eli, who was helping Job with the contradiction. Yep. Where it's like, you're blaming God for something that you're saying that he is wrong and unjust for doing something towards you, you know, like, or I think his wasn't Job's contradiction. The fact that it's like, God is going to punish or it, it, it God is going to punish good and bad people or essentially God is not just. Wasn't that what he was saying? The, yeah. The implication was God's not just because Job essentially stated that there's no benefit in being righteous because God punishes the righteous and the wicked the same. There you go. Yeah. Contradiction. Con contradiction. Let's remove that. And Eli, who's just like, dude. And then God too, God comes and finally enters the scene with Job and is like, were you there at creation? Where it's like all these in, all these questions that Jehovah asked Job to get him to see you're treating yourself like you're right and just. That's a contradiction because you're not. Right. And so let's go back to Adam. Adam says, God says, why did you eat of the tree that I've commanded you not to eat? And he goes, it's the woman that you gave me. The woman you gave me. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. oh. Justifying himself. And that is a contradiction. Yeah. Wait. She made you eat it? Yeah. She tied you down and forced, like, forced you to... No. That's your argument to the creator of the world who created things so that That's you, your would, have fault. Free you yeah. would have free will. Wait, you're saying this to the guy who gave you a free will that you didn't have a free will in this situation. Like, come on, Adam, come on. So man, so every time, like, and, and I do that, like, this is, this is convicting to me because the first step is to go to what am I doing wrong? Oh yeah. That's the first step. How is God right? And how am I wrong? Yeah. Is the first, the very first step again that we need to go to. So if I feel this depression if i feel this you know sawdust in the gas tank sort yeah. of dragging in my life i need to praise god because he's trying to help me 
by how he's made me to recognize that there's something slowing me down. Yeah, we like to see it like these mental health issues are like the check engine light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do I get mad at the check engine light? Like it's the check engine light's fault <laughs> that my car isn't working? Or do right. I like, or, or do me, a guy who's not mechanically inclined at all, think these car guys who are like, <laughs> hey, let's have an alarm go off in the car and make a light go on when there's something wrong with the engine. I never would know there's something wrong with the engine if that check engine light didn't come on. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And I don't sit there and think, you know what? That's how, <laughs> that's how Honda made my car. My that's car a great. Is, my car's meant to have the check engine light come well, on. That's a great perspective because how many people, when that check engine light go on, are like, "Oh man, thank God that that check engine light came on. I need to take it into the shop." Like, "Oh yes, right. oh I'm so I'm so happy that came on." <laughs> that, no one is. No one does that. No. In fact, how many? It's such a reflection of our thought process. It is. Although we don't get mad, like we're not blaming like we we know the check engine light is an effect of the engine right so that's right. one of the areas we differ and we see depression as a cause and that's the that's the fault here we need to see our thought process as the cause depression is an effect we do see the check engine light as an effect we know it's the check engine light the light actually works cuz it's on it's the engine that's faulty however right. we most of the time, I love what you just did because most of the time we treat the check engine like the same way we do depression. We ignore it. Maybe even try to put a picture of my son over it. <laughs> as long as it's not blocking the speedometer. I don't really believe it. I don't believe I don't that. See that it, I, yeah. I try to do something that erases the symptom. There's a yeah. show uh, a famous show on TV that there was this running gag of this woman driving a car and her check engine light kept coming on. And her response to it was, I know I really got to get that thing taken out where it uh, wasn't. The I got check engine perfect. light. Yeah. I got to unplug the bulb, you know, <laughs> like, that's how we feel with depression. Yep. Instead of bringing it into a mechanic, some person who understands the way your car works and can remove the fault or the contradiction in order for then what happens is the check engine light you don't have to turn off the check engine light it turns off as an effect of the engine being fixed so so that's a great example of when someone says we talked about this in the the um what the flock episode where being joyful just be joyful be this effect that's like saying if your check engine light comes on like just turn it off it'd be like yelling at your dashboard to turn off right right because there isn't an off switch <laughs> like or I, take car, the ball take the bulb out yeah or you could just take the ball take it's the bulb like out. saying you know what check engine light it's like having a conversation with your check engine light saying turn off turn off i said turn off I would sound, well, you said it, like I would be insane. Insane. If I thought that would work. Yep. But that's how we treat mental health. That's That's how we treat the effects in the Bible 
we treat them like causes and it screws up our brain. Yep. And I do see this, like, there's really two, two sides of, of this argument. We talked about the, the strict and the loose side. Uh, you know, that's the, the yelling at your check engine light is you're supposed to get out of depression in my own effort with my right. own effort. 10% of my brain, I'm supposed to use 10% of my brain to get over 90% of my brain saying something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, which means you're going to lose, which is why oftentimes, you know, pastors will do so much damage because they are depressed. They get up on the pulpit and they feel unsettled. Yeah. 90% of their brain is going, you, this, you're not being an example yeah. of what you want your church to look like. So that's where it is. It's like anyone who's helping someone who has been hurt by church, you're essentially trying to help them with something that you yourself have done or are working on or making progress in. That's Matthew seven, right? Right. You take the, take the beam out of my own eye before I help you take the speck out of yours. Right. The point there isn't, this is how I can judge someone. The point is, I need to help myself before I can help someone else. And not that I have to be completely over the issue, but have I made progress in it to the point where like, really, I can't teach somebody to do something above my own level of being able to do that thing. Right. Or else that's a contradiction in and of itself. So taking 10% of my brain to get over 90% of my brain looks like someone increasing more and more and more in emotion which is how we've seen a lot of people yeah. today have been hurt by church is I go, every time I go to church, there's just a bunch of people like yelling and crying. And it's just a lot of noise and a lot of emotion. And I know that people have been like, "Ugh, I don't want to go to church. Church is kind of gross. It's just a bunch of people like yelling and crying. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, that feeling they're oftentimes they're trying to get over that depressed feeling. And yeah. so emotion and, and all of that is a really good expression when it is an effect. You're not using that emotion to get over the cause of an unsettled feeling. Yeah, and it and it also doesn't work long term either. No, it doesn't. I you mean, can yell at your check engine light all you want, but that's not going to turn it off. I can try to arm wrestle Andre the Giant, but he's going to squash me like a bug. That's right. Who's, an, who's a reference that other people would know other than Andre the Giant? Uh, the Rock. The Rock. You could arm wrestle The Rock. He would yep. squash me like a bug. Yep. But I might sit there and scream and yell at his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that emotion that I use as a cause to ramp myself up may enable me to stay in the game a little longer, but eventually I'm going to lose. Yep. The Rock's going to look at me in the face, lift up one of his eyebrows and be like, dude, you're a joke. Yep. Man, and I love the story that you told about the the pastor saying that, you know, it's it hit that his depression was the effect of sin. It sounds right in the moment. You think about it for a little bit though, and it 
falls apart. Right. So that's where it, you know, that's why I love how you expose the contradiction. If depression is an effect of sin in the world, why doesn't everyone have depression? Meaning everyone's been impacted by sin. Yeah, we all know that's true. So we should all be depressed. Yep. So another way to look at that too is, you know what? Okay. Okay. Yep. Sin causes everyone to be depressed. What have the people who aren't depressed done to overcome that depression? Is another way to tackle that because the point is the contradiction is not everyone's depressed. So either you're wrong, sin doesn't isn't the cause of depression, or you're right, but there is a way to overcome it, and you're not doing that. Okay, okay, you ready for another one? Yeah, it's the thorn in my side, Pastor Joel. Okay, so 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 a a pastor comes up to you and they say that they're depressed. They they they're depressed but they're grateful for it because it's the thorn in their side. This reminds me of the conversation I had with the pastor I talked about in the What the Fuck episode. He did say he was depressed. He did say God gave him that depression as if it was his thorn in his flesh. And I asked him, do you hear from God when you're depressed and he said yes and at that what do i say to that because again my point is to try to love this guy and to try to get him to state his will answer some questions hopefully hopefully he his unconscious brain and the holy spirit unsettle him more and squeeze him so that he responds well to it yeah my point isn't to prove him wrong my point is to try to help this guy. So when he states his will that he hears from God when he's depressed, it's like, what do I say? I don't say anything. I say, okay, well, you know what, then here you go. From this point forward, you're never going to complain about depression and you're never going to attempt to overcome it again, because it, if you did, you'd be removing the way you hear from God. And that's the part that just kills you. Yep. You take a person's ability to complain away. You take that per like, so, so you want to be depressed then because it helps you hear from God. Yeah. Because there's no, there's nothing more important than hearing from God. Right. So you can never, so in the future that that person can never complain about their depression because it's their ability to hear from God. So they shouldn't remove it. They shouldn't try to fix it. They shouldn't complain about it. It is. Or else it's a benefit. Because what that does, the whole not being able to complain about it would be the behavior of a person who actually wants to hear from God, right? Yep. So if you complain, what you're doing is you're exposing there is a contradiction in your life. If you're complaining about your depression, yet depression is how you hear from God, then one of two things must be true. Either you don't actually hear from God when you're depressed, or you don't actually want to hear from God. Which is it? Mm. It's got to be one or the other. So that's what those, you'll never complain, the future questions that we ask like that, what they do is they actually 
as an as a as an effect they do expose whether or not the person has a contradiction again that's what all these unconscious confrontations are doing is we're talking to the person's unconscious brain to try to help that person recognize whether or not they have a contradiction in that area of their life wow yeah i think it i i think that's great you know one of the things i loved in this podcast as well as essentially we, we helped anyone uh, become a restoration coach in one aspect by saying, you know, one of the things our restoration coaches do is they help people with what are the things that you are really upset about? What are the things that really tick you off about other people? Yeah. And then we ask, do you do those things? Uh, yep. And then we help them just, just pick one way pick or the other. Side, yeah. Pick pick a side. Are they a bad driver or are you a bad driver? Like right. you need to be a bad driver with them. As soon as someone says, well, that's different. We know that they're going to they're be depressed, especially yeah. if that's in a major area of their life. Right. So these contradictions are affecting 90% of our brain. So we just help people resolve that one way or the other. And you can always change, just have it be the pattern. So when someone cuts me off, I just, I, I, I either stop judging them and I go, Hey man, maybe they're in a rush or Hey, accidents happen. That's fine. You know, like maybe they didn't see me, but they're, but I'm not, I've been there. Yeah. But I'm just not going to judge them anymore. Right. Right. Awesome. So let's, let's uh, go through this, the categories in self-esteem, Pastor Joel, let's go through these related to, you know, how people handle the depression issue in church relative to their self-esteem, because everyone is exposing their self-esteem to us. We see it. We see it in the church when this issue of depression comes out. So here's how you can understand and know what type of person you're talking to and adjust your strategy dependent upon these people. Yeah. So the low self-esteem people don't want to be directly taught how to overcome their depression. It's going to be most people. They may even identify with it. These are the people who are like, nope, this is what, like, I'm meant to be depressed. I have no control over it. And these are the people who are blaming God without realizing it. But honestly, the depression gives these people an excuse to have poor behavior, really. Yeah, they're saying that this is who I am. I am depressed. I'm depressed. Wait, you are? Like, that's who you are? And that's honestly, most people with mental health issues are at that point where, you know, it, it's our, our culture is trying to be more accepting and safe to discuss these things, which I think is great, but right. none of it is to the point of seeing it through the lens of how can we dissolve this issue so that it goes away? It's no, I need to be able to talk about my mental health issues Mm-hmm. And you need to accept that I have mental health issues. And then we just have to deal with it. That's low self-esteem. Oh yeah. The mid people are, 
yeah, these are, you know, these people very much could still be depressed, but they, they would at minimum recognize that they shouldn't be depressed, Mm. that it's not something I have to live with. Although I don't have the answer. I, I know there is one and yeah, I mean, depression sucks, but I also recognize the the people and the organizations that have attributed to to my depression, and I stay away from those people and organizations. Mm. And then the high self esteem people, again, we're we're not even saying they they may even be depressed, but they're handling their depression in the right way. They will seek out how to remove these contradictions in their lives regardless of how it makes them feel because that that's the problem is man we want as humans a one-step solution how can i make the 90 percent of my brain feel good and the 10 percent of my brain feel good at the same time because when you show me a contradiction 90 percent of my brain goes oh thank god we love pastor joel Oh, we love them. We love them. We love them. And 10% of my brain goes, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I, it, I'm wrong. <laughs> and it happens to be the 10% that I'm in control over. So exactly. I, I need to be humble in order to flip that. But yeah, it is the, so what we think, what we want is an easy step solution that just gets rid of the depression. And it is a backward step. It's not in order to get out of my depression, I need to just find ways to be happy, Mm. to overcome this feeling. Right. The solution is take a backward step, do something uncomfortable, find a contradiction and resolve it. So it's not a one-step process. There's a backward step that I have to take so it doesn't feel efficient. It doesn't feel like like there there's some work I got to do. But yeah. But that's the only way to dissolve it. So the the high self-esteem people are going to recognize that this is a common thread we've seen in these high self-esteem people is we're not, like we don't we don't look at these people as they have all the right answers. They always have right behavior. They're always joyful and happy. These high self-esteem people are people that we look at and think when they have mental health issues, when they are wrong, when they have contradictions, their response mm. is to handle those things well. Dude. So these people wouldn't equate their worth as a person to mental health issues because they would know mental health issues are an effect and my value as a person is a cause that is connected to who God created me to be. That person has worth regardless of my mental health state. Yeah. However, my mental health state will skew the perspective I have over how much I'm worth. Yeah. So these people will go, you know what? 
I'm going to, I'm going to continue to work on my mental health by removing contradictions. Right. Yep. So they're going to, they're going to, when they, something is wrong in their mental health, when they have a wrong belief, they're going to be trying to fix them and continually be working on that. It doesn't mean that that's not going to hurt. Right. And that's, I mean, it's all about the response, right? Right. So yeah. That's good. We, we talked about these pastors, like, and I don't even say these pastors who start ministries to help these specific issues, who succumb to those issues, isn't even an issue. Like saying a pastor with depression started a depression ministry and overcoming depression ministry. Is that wrong? No. But is that pastor using, I've seen pastors use the fact that they have depression as support for why they're qualified to help other people with depression. Oh, so they get, they, they feel like they can relate. Right. Which is great. Yeah, you can. But are you somebody who has the tools to overcome it? Are you someone responding to that depression in the right way? Yeah. Are you, have you succumbed to it and just come to this belief that I guess this is just something I have to deal with now? So my role as a leader is to help people learn to deal with their depression. It's like, oh man. Yeah. So it's just essentially accepting that you're always going to have that issue. And it's basically saying, I'll teach you how to drive your car with the check engine light on all the time to the right. you just, you know what, just, just embrace the fact that, that your car was made for the engine to not work very good. Mm. And you know what, just deal with the fact that you're just always going to be depressed. Wow. Which, which goes back to our ultimate answer. Now, the people that get depressed, um, and you and I have, have you know, met with people like this, there's people that have different, the, the thought processes, the different speeds in which people think. There are people that think quicker yeah. than other people. There's, yep. There are people that can, that can put things together quicker and think quicker. And these are the people that tend to have more anxiety and more depression issues because of their thought process because yep. they run into contradictions a lot quicker right and they what they can do is they can have a tendency to just go through those contradictions instead of addressing them whereas you know in let's say in a day i might have five contradictions because of the speed in which i think versus other people can have you know 10 or 20 or 50 contradictions that they can run into because of the speed in their thought process. Yeah. When people have brains like that, I always say that's a superpower. It is. That what an ability because the 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 thoughts in which you're able to have and the progress that you're able to make are so much quicker than someone who can't think as quickly. So therefore, what you need is you need to have non-contradictory beliefs and address your contradictions because your brain is made to run like 
a NASCAR, like yeah. an Indy car, like a Formula One car that runs off of jet fuel, not unleaded gasoline. Like my little Honda. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's why the not the non-contradictory, the conjunct, I should say, that's why the conjunctive answer is so important and valuable. Right. And the the conjunctive answer is what, Pastor Joel? The conjunctive is a non-contradictory model for your foundational beliefs. Ultimately, for all your beliefs. Nice. But it's the foundational beliefs that make up your worldview that are going to be the contradictions that will cause the greatest depression, the greatest mental health issues. Because what we can see is really the more important and foundational the belief is, the the greater the effect of that contradiction is going to have in, in your mental health. So another way of seeing that is if, a, if it's a foundational belief with a contradiction, what that means is it's connected to all of my other beliefs. So my belief about whether or not God exists is connected to how I see everything in the world, whether I'm aware of it or not. So a belief at that foundational of a level is connected to so many other beliefs. Therefore, if I have a contradiction in that foundation of a belief, foundational of a belief, it's going to, I'm going to run into that contradiction a lot more. And I'm going to experience the depression from that contradiction at a higher level. Which is the foundation of Music of Life Church Kimberly's restoration program, is that what you guys do is give non-contradictory definitions for keywords like justice, mercy, forgiveness, and love. Right. And what it does is it helps resolve those contradictions in people's lives, major foundational issues. Yes. So. What people can do out there is if you are interested in knowing how to help people who are depressed, if you're interested in helping people get over their anxiety issues and helping them discover you know, who they are by helping them bear their burden, then what I encourage you to do is go to, go to Music of Life Church Kimberly's website and check out the restoration program. Yes. Because if you want to know how to do that and how to take people, um, you know, how to help people resolve their contradictions, it starts with you first doing it. Yes. All of my stories that I have that help people as I've coached restoration in the past and as I preach, they're my stories of how I helped myself get over these issues in my life and they become my restoration story. And then I'm able to help other people learn to bear their burden and have, have their own restoration story. So yeah, I, John, I, I, Pastor Jonathan and I love to say, I mean, it's been years since you and I went through the restoration process. Yeah. It, but we do the we apply the information we learned all those years ago to our lives more now yes. than even when we did when we first went through it. Yes. Those things continue to be things that help us 
remove the contradictions in our lives. Yeah. And again, on the, on the Music of Life Church Kimberly webpage, you have a great, you, you and I did a great animation for um, the God Wants to Be Known animation. Yeah, which, and I would say that's, go ahead. if you just want a quick one-off, like here's an explanation of God, the most important concept for us to get right. It's less than five minutes long and it gives the greatest and most efficient explanation of God's nature while also addressing at the same time, some of the major issues of damage in, in the church today, as it relates to their explanation for God. Amazing. Anything else, pastor Joel? That's all I got. Awesome. Well, thank you, pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the music of life church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.